This is a Rollmaster classic actual play set in Terry K. Anther's excellent Shadow World using Fantasy Grounds. You can find session summaries, items and characters on World Anvil, where our campaign is called The Praise of Old Men. This episode is cross-referenced as Demons of the Burning Night 2, Part 8. Previously, recovering from the shock of the forced gender change, the explorers move south to encounter another small group of childlike demons. Cran charged in but quickly realised his mistake when the demons were joined by others lurking in the murk surrounding the now-beleaguered companions. Although eventually victorious, the amount of healing required afterwards forced Ugnan into unconsciousness. Once the healer was awake, the party ventured out towards a temple bearing many scars from a determined siege. Immediately upon opening the large entrance doors that depicted impressive women, two skeletons arose from a pile of scorched bones. Remember, due to a fantasy grounds bug, all roles are in the open. Let's hope for kind criticals. So there's one in front of, or approximately in front of the door, and there's another one further away. So can I have initiative rolls, please, from you? Both of these are armed with huge matter. As the skeletons begin to rise, these would have been not giants, but these would have been huge humans fully cran size and build but of course now they're just so much bone and ivory the first skeleton draws himself to his knees and takes a few tottering steps away from the door the second one who is similarly equipped with a mattock also just takes a couple of steps forward but then stands with the mattock held the haft in his left hand and the head up by his right hand in a guarding position as if he's daring you to come on, preventing you from going through those doors. Neither mm. seem that intent on closing or doing anything else with you at all. Silk, what do you wish to do? They clearly are not aware of your presence, um, hiding, as it were, around the corner. Do I still see that haze coming through the doors towards No, them? no. I mean, okay. where you are, but no, you don't think you can see that that sort of haze. Okay, I'm going to, I won't sneak around the corner into the door, but I'll basically huddle up in this corner here and try and hide and be, be as silent as I can. Okay, so Silk ducks out of sight, so the rest of you can't see where Silk is. She's gone because of this general obscurement. Are you preparing a spell, Silk? Uh, no, I'll just basically do nothing but... Okay. Numel, it's your turn. So are you saying that these two creatures, skeletal guardians, are just mm -hmm. holding their position? Yep. Is there anything about them that indicates that they've been burnt or that they are resistant to a fireball? Well, as they stood up, you may have noticed some of the black vitrified flesh drop through their bones and onto the floor. Uh, the bones themselves, yes, are slightly blackened, and they've certainly not got any flesh on them, nor any armour. Numel's concern is that they're drawing us into the, the field of fire of the fireball, so I'm reluctant to close with them. Yeah. Try a missile missile weapon. Can I switch my katana to my um, shortbow? You can. Uh, to then string it and fire is going to take you around, so you'll be able to fire it next round if you want, Numel. Yep. Okay. That. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. No problems. Ugnan, what do you wish to do? Yeah, he's drawing the same kind of uh, conclusions as Numel, as he notices that they're not advancing. He goes, "No, looks like we're 
they'll have to come to us. If you've got range, get it ready. If we really want to get in there, I'm going to have to take these out. And he just takes out his hand axe and shield and holds it ready. But okay. he hasn't got any range. Cherry will, similarly, seeing the way that this is going, she'll move around as, as she does to maybe get some sort of flank attack. But she readies her short bow as well. Victoria. Victoria's going to be pretty simple-minded about this and just step forward. Okay. <laughs> uh, drawing her, uh, what's it called? The Warhammer. Okay. That's about it. Okay, so you step in and draw your Warhammer and shield. As you step in, you can feel warmth, but it's coming from the skeletons. Hmm. Okay. That warmth, though, initially as you step in, makes you realize how cold you are. These creatures are, these things are very, very warm. And in comparison, you're quite cold. In fact, you feel quite <sighs> tired, actually. Oh, no. Cran oh. uh, will probably matter. Oh, bloody hell. As he does. And come round to help um, with his sort of great sword as well. As he draws it, there's none of that telltale flash that you normally get when there are demons around. Whatever these things are, they're not demons. They're clearly monstrous and some sort of thing, but they're not demonic. Maybe that explains why time has had an effect on them. That will be initiative then, please, everybody. So the first demon, um, the one nearest that Cran and Victor have closed on, the, sorry, demon, the skeleton um, has these bright blue, piercing, icy blue glowing orbs in its star sockets, Victoria. And it stares balefully at, balefully at you, and you almost think it's shaking its head sorrowfully as it hefts its war mattock and brings it crashing down on top of you. It seems sad to have to try and end your life in this way. However, the war mattock is clearly something more than a war mattock. As it slices down, you could have sworn that you blocked it, but it passed effortlessly through your defense, almost as if the war mattock isn't actually there. But as it passes through your defense, it almost seems to solidify, become corporeal again, and it smashes into you, rocking you heavily. Wow. You take 18 wow. points of damage and a C crush critical. And you realize that actually blocking these things and parrying these things is going to be very, very difficult indeed. Stuart, um, just so you know, Stuart, yeah. we can see your rolls as well, not just tower rolls. So we can see, really? you, yeah. see you rolled yep. a 44 for your crit. Um, yeah, that's terrific. Okay. <laughs> so is there an option there so that, that means to show that no now roles? when I kill you, I really kill you? It's for real. I, we like that though. We're all adults. It's like all Diablo yeah. 3 hardcore mode. Okay. Oh yeah. my God. This is Iron Man mode. There is no save and no extra lives in this. That's game. right. <laughs> I am an elite dungeon master. I have transcended the mere hobbyist. No. Ugly is running back to the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. I don't like this at all. You're um, on your own. You're on your own bloody hell. Yeah, right, we wait for the so, Victoria, before to come back. You step slightly away um, as the war mattock passes through your attack 
and it catches you painfully on the calf. Okay, your leg is stunned and you're hobbling slightly. Silk, it's your turn. Okay, so she hears this huge clang and a thud, so that wakes her up again, and she'll basically move out and cast her favorite shock bolt spell. Let's see about drying somebody off. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Oh, no, she likes, we'll get to there. She does like her big bonus for the range attacks. And shock bolt, oh, baby. Okay. Uh, so that's 12 points of damage on that skeleton. And as that lightning bolt strikes home, you can see the creature shake slightly. And it turns around to face you. Yeah. Now, that's... normally that shock bolt would have done quite a bit more damage, but it seems to oh. shrug off that electrical damage. Okay. And it stares at you, opens its mouth, and a little bit of obsidian, maybe the remains of its tongue, falls out, and it takes a step towards you. Okay. <laughs> and it then closes on you and swings at you with its war mattock. So six points of damage, silk. And an oh. A crush critical. Thank you. Okay, the A crush critical is a 55, which I think you can see. Yep. That, uh, fortunately, it hits you where you've got some padding. Woohoo! Just hope you don't keep going up in this pattern 44, 55. Oh, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it catches you in the chest. Another five hit points. You've got to parry for the next round, and you've got a bruised Oof. rib. Right. Um, as I said, thank heavens for your padding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Numel, it's your turn. You've got your bow out, I believe, so you can fire away if you wish. Which of the two should I fire at? I'll probably fire at the one that um, Silk is currently engaged with. There we go. Aiming. Steady aim. Fire. The arrow passes straight through the creature, manages to find that gap between its ribs and just flies through, I'm afraid. That's a great, great shot. <laughs> Ugnan. Can Ugnan see in through the doors and, and into the, what, what lies beyond? You can see a little bit. You can see what looks to be some sort of entrance foyer, which has a sandstone floor. Um, well-crafted and fitted slabs, but you can't see anything more than that. There doesn't seem to be anything moving around inside, and there doesn't seem to be any hint that anything's going to emerge and attack you. And when they animated, they said something like, Mistress, was it? That's right. Mistress, we obey thy commands. We serve thee. We serve thee in death as we serve thee in life. We come, we come. Okay, I was just going to call out, Mistress, mistress, stay your guardians. We wish to talk. Okay. And I think that's all he can do. He's got no ranged weapons and he can't waste much spell points. Okay. Victoria. Yeah. Victoria's just going to attack Skeletal Guardian number one. The creature attempts to block it, but the power behind the blade is sufficient for your blow to get through. So that's 15 points 
of damage. The blade then twists slightly and you spear it through the rib cage to where its chest would have been. If it had had flesh and blood and organs, that probably would have been a very damaging attack indeed. It's got no organs. The blade does nothing more than just loosen a few ribs, I'm afraid. But these creatures are clearly going to be very difficult to damage if you try and pierce and skewer and go for organ damage because they have none. Cherry will fire an arrow at the nearest creature. Um, she's sort of committed to her attack. Now, her arrow manages to strike the creature in the head and the arrow thumps into the side of the skull, but then seems to just bounce off it. So she does 20 points of damage and the skull, you can see part of the skull cracks and just break away, but nothing else. Wow. If it had any sort of brain or anything like that, yeah, you probably could have at least knocked it down, concussed it, but it's got no organs. Killing these things is going to be very difficult because there's no organs that you can target. Cran may be in a better position, of course, because it's just brute force power that he's going sure to use. damage, yeah. So Cran takes, with, with Shield Breaker in hand, is just using pure brute force on this thing. And he hammers the sword into the skeleton. But he only manages to do five points of damage as the creature partly evades his swing, but also Cran's hand slips slightly on the hilt. Uh, nerves uncharacteristically. Can I have initiative rolls, please, for everybody? Oh, lowest possible. Snickers. Uh Right, so the first Gleeple Guardian is fighting you, Victoria. Cran's attack wasn't quite as damaging. Um, it focuses on you and again swings that horrendous weapon at you and misses. In fact, it seems to almost lose control of its war mattock. Um, so both you and Cran, if you attack it, can have a bonus of plus 25 to your attacks as it tries to desperately hold on to its war mattock, which has got embedded in some of the cobblestones. And as it wrenches them out, it almost loses its balance. So plus 25 when you eventually get around to attacking it. Nice. Meanwhile, the other guardian is still focused on you, Silk, and it tries to hit you with the war mattock again. Better. And that hits you for 13 points of damage. And a B crush critical. Okay. And the B crush is 18. Oh. Squish time. Okay, that takes you across the arm. You're stunned for the next round. You take another hit. So your left arm numbed and useless, I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Silk, it's your turn. You've got to parry this round. You can still retreat, of course. You can move away at 50% of your move. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what she'll do. She'll retreat and get the heck out of dodge. Um, I don't want to bring it to the bow people, so I'm going to move 35 to here. Okay. And that'll be... Yep. Numel, it's your turn. Clearly, piercing weapons are struggling to do a lot of damage. Yes, um, Numel's thoughts exactly. Numel will be swapping back to um, his trusty Shinnan sword. 
Yep. Um, and then and looking to close with Skeletal Guardian 2. So, so GM, do you think that will take up all of my round? Yeah, I'll let you switch move weapons. sort of halfway across the distance. So you've got to switch weapons, draw your yes. sword and move. So I'm going to kind of put you to about there if you wish. Yeah, okay. somewhere like that. The vegetation is sort of... Um, Short, Shielding. scrubby, sort of okay. knee-high vegetation. Okay. Okay. So perfectly passable, perfectly passable yes. through that vegetation. Oh, yeah. Th th yeah. Those aren't trees that we're seeing. No, 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 no. Okay. Ugnan. Uh, shatters are beyond his ability, I'm afraid. It's a level 12 spell, Shatter Repair. Oh, no worries, buddy. You take care. So he just starts repairing a hold kind. Okay. And that's all he can do at the moment. Right. Cran is going to attack this thing again. He's not rolling very well. And that's a miss. Cran yeah. is struggling. Did you Cherry... add the plus uh, Actually, sorry. Thank you very much. Yeah, with the plus 25, that actually does. Thank you very much. So that sneaks another five points of damage um, home. On to number one. Cherry, she's going to change to that katana. And she's going to move around to here to maybe try and sneak in. But she's changing weapons as well. Victoria, it's your turn. Attacking again. And that's uh, another nine points of damage on number one. Again, if your sword had been... Or rather, if you weren't attacking creatures with no organs, that could have been a pretty effective strike. It Is being the not helping. Yeah, because you still manage to do piercing damage with it or a piercing oh. critical. Obviously, the corner of the warhammer is what snuck through. So these creatures are <laughs> immune to any piercing critical. Right. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, initiative rolls, please. Don't waste all 66s, man. Number two is <laughs> still going for... And that's eight points of damage on you, Victoria. That's all. Oh, yeah. Not much. Nothing else. Silk. So Silk is done this round. She will start digging into her herb no, you, pouch. No, it looks like you're fine. Oh, did it remove it again? Yes. Yeah. Oh, weird. You know, maybe I that's a part of the yeah, because you had two stuns, didn't you? Well, one was a parry at minus 25, and then it was a stun for one. I technically hadn't moved yet that round, but my parry should have been what was used up. Okay. Um, so do you think you're still stunned? I do. I, All right. I think it's just broken right now. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll go with that. Uh, Skeletal Guardian number two will, adv will advance towards Victoria. And swing at you, Victoria, I'm afraid. Sorry, uh, Victoria. I didn't want to run to the squishy. Another 18 points and another B crush critical on you, Victoria. Yep. So Victoria seems to be is being rocked backwards and forwards as these two creatures gang up on her. Ooh, 67. Yes, it's time to go into defensive mode. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, I'm not able to parry. Oh, so and unable to parry, and um, as she's hit this time by the mattock, her sword hangs limply by her side, and Victoria's head drops. 
the killing blow is bound to come in the next round. She could drop. Oh, Fran steps in, desperate to help. That's more like it. And he hammers the creature for 22 points of damage and manages to do a D-crush critical. 70 on the D-crush. So that hammers the creature across the shoulder. The foe's going to be at minus two. And the creature is going to fight at minus 25, but isn't stunned. So the arm is uh, badly damaged. A shoulder blade falls off to the ground. So as it swings its mattock from now on, it's swinging very stiffly. But it's still standing and still able to fight. Cherry will take the opportunity to step in on Guardian number two. Um, Obviously, she's attacking this creature and it's not aware of her coming in. So I'll give her a flank uh, attack on that. She's attacking with her katana on number two. And that does six points of damage on number two. Oh, holy versus undead. And does, um, let me call up that right sheet. So that's holy. So she'll make that. So 56 on a holy will be another 10 hits. But, um, yeah, if it had been a 50, that would have been 30 hits. Yeah, all right. Um, Unfortunately, these creatures are just immune to stuns. So that was Cherry. Ugnan, it's your turn. Okay, it's whole kinds running now. So he's a targeting guardian too. Pushes his hand forward, locks his hands magically around its throat, starts throttling. Okay, no, yes. so the the Darth Vader. Yeah. Okay. Ow. Uh, okay. Oh. And the spell bounces off it as if it has wasn't even there. I'm afraid. Bumholes. Bumhole, <laughs> <laughs> your turn. <laughs> So, so, so Numal now has Shinnan's sword in hand and is advancing on skeletal guardian number two. Yep. Don't uh, poke. So I'm going to drop the die. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So Shinnan's sword, I'm afraid, misses. Uh, Victoria, you're stunned and you can't parry, but you can move and you can retreat up to 50% of your regular move distance, if you wish. Yeah, let's move away then. Yeah, something like that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. We'll go to initiative rolls, please, everybody. Right. Number two, who's probably the least damaged of all of them, but he's struggling with that arm, tries to attack Cran. Who hit him so badly last time? That misses comfortably. Creature is actually struggling to use his his war mattock properly. Uh, the second skeletal guardian obviously is aware of your attack, Numel and Cherries, and turns and probably goes for Cherries because Cherries is the more dangerous blade, and hits her with a crunching blow for twenty five points of damage. And does a D crush critical, knocking the diminutive rogue to the ground, but only for another calf wound. Obviously, these creatures like hitting you around the legs. <laughs> That's right. They're a bit weird. Silk, your turn. Okay, so you mentioned that she has a broken arm or shattered. I don't know if there's a negative, how much a negative that'll. She's going to see um, the condition that Victoria is in, and she just moves back up in there like an idiot and 
tries to get a nice full-on back attack. And because of that shatter and because of the pain, you'd obviously be at some sort of disadvantage to cast spells. But do you want to go in and cast a spell or do you want to go and um, karate chop this thing? Yeah, she's going to try to karate chop because if they're in heavier armor, she'll try to try to no, use uh, sweep. No, they're not wearing any armor at all. Oh, okay. Um, but they're obviously very resistant to damage. Right. So make of that what you will. Yeah, exactly. So she'll she'll karate chop it like you say and this is rear so with a badly damaged stunned uh limb and rib damage as well come on baby she's only brave when she needs to be <laughs> and uh... <laughs> misses okay, done numal your turn okay i'm going to try the same attack on skeletal guardian number two Yep. This time, I think, Stuart, I don't have the advantage of a, of a flank attack, do I? No, afraid not. Right. Take it, you skeleton. There we go. Nice. Nice. Needed that. About time. Die, spawn of Satan. Three points of damage. <laughs> God, oh, no way. <laughs> cool. That kind of sucks, really. That was a really good roll as well. Sorry. Good quickness, yeah. Yeah, these things are very, very quick. Victoria. Yeah. You're still stunned, still can't parry. You can move, but there's little else that you can do, I'm afraid. You're yeah. still woozy and barely keeping um, standing on your feet. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. Today has been probably not a day to put in your diary. <laughs> this is on you, Victoria. <laughs> Crown last session, Victoria this session. Yeah, I'm Russian. <laughs> Cherry, uh, right, she's going to carry on with that uh, katana attack on the skeletal guardian. Come on, baby. And that's a miss. Ugnan. Prepping again, shouting to the heavens. Um, okay. Nothing else. Khan! <laughs> um... Cran will go again. Oh my! And he misses as well. Initiative rolls, please. Right. Uh, skeleton attacking Cran with the badly injured shoulder with the lead piping in the library. Uh, <laughs> that's a miss. Next skeletal guardian has been hammering away at Cherry and sees no reason to change, and does six points of damage. And also manages to hit her such that she is winded as well. Uh, an A crush. Oh, um, snuck one in, eh? And the poor thief is now beginning to look like she's struggling and wishes that she hadn't got out of bed. 60. Again, catches her across the leg. These guys are pervs. All they do is go for the legs unless they know something that I don't. So again, another leg injury. Probably the same leg. So it's hit her on the thigh, hit her on the calf. Um, she's hobbled and is beginning to buckle and drop to her knees. Silk, it's your turn. Cherry's in a bad way. Victoria's retreated. Cran can't hold alone. Numel is desperately trying to hold one of the skeletons off Cherry. What are you going to do? Cry that she's still dumb and is trying to keep, keep things uh, hit. So she'll cast Shield 
uh, although it's a magical shield if that even works but she'll and then she'll uh wait her turn okay next round so give me that casting roll for shield you got oh i should have attacked the best, spell, <laughs> yeah, best spell i've ever cast yeah uh numel it's your turn um, you need to protect Cherry. This creature is bearing down on her, and uh, though Cherry holds up her sword in a defensive posture, she's not going to be able to defend herself for much longer. So last round, I, 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 had, I had a fairly good roll, and yet I did very minimal damage. Yeah. I think that's my only option to attack again with Shun's sword. Um just yeah, I mean, it is a holy options. weapon against undead. So if you can hit it and do a critical, you'll do a lot of damage. Yeah. You've just got to get that blow through its defense. Yeah, okay. It is a holy blade and therefore could inflict a lot of damage if you can make it count. Use the force. <sighs> okay, once good more. Luck. There we go. Skeletal Guardian 2. Oh, another good roll. Mm, come on. One point of damage. Uh, I mean, it got through, but not much. Creature looks, I mean, you know, you're beginning to wear them down, batter them down. Ugnan, are you doing the hold kind again? Yeah, this time shoots his hand forward, imagines he's cupping its skeletal balls and starts to squeeze. Oh, beauty. <laughs> Sicko. <laughs> Oof. No. That's not bad. But not good enough. Ah! Okay. Victoria, you're stunned. Yeah. Um, but so you can move in if you want to, or you can wait because next round you'll be free and you'll be able to attack. I was going to move in. So okay. I'm in, but I'm just standing there. Okay. So you but stagger I... into battle, barely able to defend yourself, raising your warhammer, even though it takes all your energy to raise your warhammer. If this creature comes at you, you're going to struggle. Okay. Cherry, she's in a bad way, but she's going to have one more go. She knows that these holy blades are the only chance you've got of defeating these things. Ooh. But she misses. <sighs> Cran, so he's going to go again, and he does 19 points of damage on the creature, and he manages to do, and this is a holy blade. Oh, nice. So... 37 which is probably the better roll that he wants so that's done another 15 hit points of damage on this creature which is going to be enough to knock it to the ground one of them oh. collapses thank you Craig. okay uh and that's initiative rolls please one is down there's only one left and it is uh, quite badly damaged there's cherry and there's cran and that's Skeletal Guardian. This one is damaged, but it can still fight normally. And it's going to go for Cherry again. Oh, and oh crikey. That smashes her for 29 points of damage. And an E-crush critical. Somehow she is still standing. Uh, she totters, topples. Oof. 25. Catches her across the ribs. Somehow... She is still on her feet, though she drops her sword and clutches what are clearly some broken ribs. Mm -hmm. Silk. Oh. Attack, it'll be from behind. 
Okay, we'll do it just because you said <laughs> 25 for rear flank. And here we go. I'm open. Oh, yeah, I'm just so hurt. That's a miss, I'm afraid. Yeah. Numel. Okay, once again, Shimon's sword. My expectations aren't that high, but let's see what can happen. Really good rolls, mate. Another should... good roll. Yeah. It's a really good roll. Just not quite getting through its defense. It's really quick. It's another two points of damage. They all count, he said. Bugnan. <laughs> uh, not much you can do, right? I suppose he's going to prep again. This time I have to just draw from the power of a pearl. And that's it. Okay. Victoria, you can move in and attack. Get your revengi. <laughs> revengi. Good yeah. luck, man. Uh, get rear attack plus 25 or plus 35 I think die yeah. you big skeleton thing you 209 nice way to go Holy 22 well, points right? of damage and because you've managed to get that crush critical you get that uh, because your blade is holy yeah. uh, can you make a high open ended dice roll please Oh, beauty. 87. So 87. Uh, that's actually counted as a light wound. That's another 12 hits. If it was flesh and blood, it would take four hits per round. It would have to parry next round, and you get to add 20 to your next swing. Those 12 hit points of damage are enough to crunch the thing to the ground. Its head rolls off what remains of its uh, vertebrae, it lets go of the mattock and slumps to the floor, defeated. You've killed them. Defeated. Good job, guys. Oh. I, I can fix you up, Cherry, but I need to put a brew on. Okay. Do you want to retreat back to the gardener's shack again? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Let's go back to the potting shed and I will brew a cup of tea and you might want to light your wood burns. Well, before yeah. we do that, I'm going to drag one of these behemoths over and just watch it for a while just to see if it's regenerating like everything else. No, this as you drag it over and watch, the, you leave some of the bones behind that became detached. It's not regenerating. The bones feel warm, though. Okay. So um, that's obviously somewhat unnatural. This thing, when alive, probably would have been close to seven feet tall. So you can only, you know, you dread to imagine how heavily muscled it would have been. Cran is a big man, but these two huge humans would have towered over Cran and made him look average in height. Okay. I'll grab the weapons and toss them into the bushes or something away from this, just okay. in case they recuperate yep. somehow. Okay. So you've got to the entrance of this chapel palace, whatever it is, You've defeated the guardians that lie in front of it, but sadly, you're going to have to retreat and rest up again. The small potting shed that you found last time is actually perfectly structured. It's got some intact walls. There is something of a roof, not that it's rained, but it does give you that feeling of security. So you can rest up here for however long it takes you to, to recover. How long do you want to rest for? How long will it take you, Ugnan, to heal everything? Right, so a brew will take about 20 minutes, and then I can give yep. Silk a, a Balak, which is uh, 
pretty powerful 160 gold piece herb af12 keep your keep your drugs old man i don't want to get addicted <laughs> like the rest of you bastards look it will taste like shit but it will knit that wrist together perfectly in less than an hour uh, af12 by the way i don't know i see the way you guys are eyeballing me just lifting the herb to my mouth and you guys aren't addicted to this one <laughs> right so can you give me an addiction roll please uh, hang on, I haven't decided if I'm putting it in my mouth. Oh, come on. Do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would like to together stays together. Come on, shattered <laughs> wrist is minus 75 to the con rule for how long it's going to last me. It might only be a week. <laughs> that might be a, a month. <laughs> I might take my chances, but anyway, here we go. What's the addiction factor, you bugger? 12. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Did you, and, it's the good uh, stuff. And so she she doesn't know it's 12. She's just like, I've been handed it to me. Here we So, fuck, if I'm addicted to 160 gold pieces. <laughs> 160 gold pieces. <laughs> and what's that? Quests. What disease? Poison? No, or just a con roll? It's just a con roll. Okay. Ah. Ah, what's Balak? I've done worse. I've smoked worse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, thank God. Okay. So you take that uh, Balak herb. So that does, what will that do, Ugnan? Is that an instant heal or is that double yeah. in the healing rate? No, it's an instant heal. That's why it's so expensive. It's oh, a... wow. That is a cool herb. You gave it to us. Um, you're never going to get that again. Okay. So, <laughs> so, Silk, the damage is healed. The wrist, wow. your wrist bones almost instantly knit. No, it was shoulder, wasn't it? Your shoulder almost wrist. instantly. Shield wrist. Wrist, was it? Shield wrist. So your wrist almost instantly knits back together. Um, the, the fragments, those that grating sound that you make as you've been painfully moving your wrist actually stops almost instantly. Wow. Um, there are herbs, Thank and then you. there are good herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Agnan. No okay, problem. what next? Right, the last two is a um, minor fracture repair. It's only level one spell. That's recovery type one, one to ten hours. Um, so that's for Cherry, isn't it, for the cracked ribs? Yeah, and then she's also got a calf bruise. Uh, yeah, that's... But that's a major calf bruise, so I'm not sure what spell that is. To be honest, it's just a calf bruise. So there's so, a blood I mean, or whatever. No, I would if you've got... To be honest, just heal the concussion damage and that will be fine. Because it's a bruise. I know it's a major bruise, but it's still a bruise. Okay, so then I'll I'll take them both on again. So that's uh, 81, 84, 144, and then Silk's 174. Okay. So that's him knocked out again. <laughs> you poor <laughs> bastard. So just, just, just <laughs> he'll put the pearl in his hand, and then um, for, uh, go to sleep. I suppose we just cast that minor fracture repair for us, make sure that doesn't fumble. Yeah, give me that one. And then while he's sleeping, yeah, no the, um, the regeneration. Oh, and that's okay as well. How many of those pearls have you got now? I've got one with 14 left. Matt's got one with, I don't know what left. And then we've got a 50. Yeah, I can uh, check that. Then we've got an untouched 50 PowerPoint one. Okay. And that's where that session finished. Yay, we survived hardcore mode. Phew. Let's not leave it here, though. It's not even got 40 minutes in yet. So we'll join the next session, which happened a month later. Think Stuart rebuilt Fantasy Ground module, which is why there's a few changes here. But what we'll do is we'll pick up just after the rest at the potting shed or the gardener's shed. And the party are back outside the temple again. We've lost Numel's player, Jan, this session, but gained Cran's player, John. So let's continue. 
So as you stand outside, the doors are still open from where you left them. Nothing else has emerged. You can see there are stone benches on the inside that line the walls of this, what could be some sort of entrance hallway or an antechamber. Nothing seems to be moving around inside and you can see that the, the um, sandstone flooring is cracked and crazed in patches. Particularly tough and resilient vegetation has begun to encroach and grow in the cracks. By the dim light that filters through, you can see that there are a set of steps that lead down into the rest of what must be some sort of magnificent palace um, or temple of some description. What do you want to do? Oh, let's go and try and find some of these bloody artefacts. Crunch shrugged his shoulders and just walks up to the door and has a good sniff and looks around. But just before yep. we go in, go in there, can I just say that um, you, big lad, you, you ran in and had a swing in your sword without any of us really backing you up last time and I had to take on a few broken arms and legs. And you other big lad, looking at Casper, uh, sorry, uh, Victoria, uh, you big lass, uh, you just ran, <laughs> ran in last time and started attacking the skeletons. And again, I had to take some more broken wrists and broken arms. Can we uh, keep it a bit like, you know, like your military fucking warriors, please? Cran looks well, sheepish and says, uh, <laughs> We've just been told off. Fucking, fucking hell. Fuck the, fuck, I never knew you had it in you. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he says, uh, Oh, yeah, Victoria, by my side, and uh, let's do this by the numbers. <laughs> and then he kind of. Sure. And he, he, whispers, anyway. <laughs> and he, he whispers to Victoria, Never was much for following orders. <laughs> so I'm okay. going to smell the air and have a look around. Okay, so as the two of you step gingerly in, you can feel the temperature um, increase slightly as you walk in. Whether that's because you're out of the faint breeze which is stirring the lifeless uh, muck around, you're not quite sure. Cran cautiously scents the air. Can you give me a perception roll, please, Cran? <laughs> Victoria, you obviously have Cran's back, and as he just ducks slightly, and cranes his head forward, you also get the opportunity to look around as well. Can you give me a perception roll, please? Sure. Both of you are able to detect this, the sort of almost comforting smell that you get off after a thunderstorm. The air feels fresh and crisp, noticeably fresh and crisp, compared to the city that you've been exploring. It's almost as if not that anything that might be present in the air has been purified. The air here is particularly clean and feels particularly fresh. So fresh in fact that there's almost no odour at all. There's just the very faintest hint, Cran, of cinnamon. Mm. Oh, there's a bit of cinnamon in the air, Victoria. Uh, you haven't changed your perfume, have you? Uh, no, I don't have perfume. Oh. All right. Um, it sounds disappointed. <laughs> I reckon Sarissa would smell good with that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, everyone, come on. Cran looks over his shoulder and says, uh, right, everyone keep within like five, ten feet. Don't want anyone splitting the group up, mainly because I want that bloke who gets, like, breaks himself on a regular basis near me. <laughs> I'll move Cherry and Numel yeah. up if that's all right. Just okay, yeah, they'll come up. So you can tell Cran and Victoria that 
There are no windows leading to the outside. It's a windowless temple and chapel. And since there are no worshippers or priests apparently present, surviving inside, there's been nobody to light candles or oil braziers. Perhaps that's why the air is so fresh and clean. But it also means that there is absolutely no light inside. And this huge temple complex beyond or palace is completely dark and silent. I'm going to start pre prepping the lantern to try and light it. Okay. Any uh, footprints, obviously, in any dust on the floor? Not that you could tell from your first check. If you want to have another closer look, Cran, you can give me a very hard perception roll, please. Okay. So I'll just wait until Pagan um, lights his light source before looking. Um, yeah, I'll that to... will give you a benefit to the roll, yeah. All right, I'm just crouch down here, mate, and uh, it'll take a look. So it's very hard perception. Okay. Cran, you can see scuff marks where the skeletons came across. In fact, you can see uh, they've clearly been sitting for some time immobile on two benches to the left and right of the doors. Where their heels were resting, you can see that the flagstone floor has remained almost perfectly intact, but you can quite clearly see that vegetation was growing in and around their feet. You can also see the path that they took to get to the door. So the skeletons were positioned either side of the steps, sitting on the two stone benches that you can see. Other than that, you can't see any evidence that anything has come in or gone out. Uh, looks like just so skeleton, nothing's gone in through these down these steps in a long time. Can you see that? Look, where their feet were, there's like, literally nothing around it, except look at all of the flagstones around it. Like stuff in the cracks and everything. It must have been here for many years. Decades. Okay. You get your lantern lit, but for some reason, as you bring the lantern inside, the light suddenly halves. It's almost as if something is battling and fighting back the light. Can you give me a perception roll, please, Ugnan? Ugnan, it, it looks almost as if, as you look at the radius of your light, you can see that rather than, than it being a perfect circle around, centering around the lantern, it seems to bulge and fold back on itself, almost pulsing and moving as if your lantern light is alive and trying to move, but something is pushing back against it. I've given you a warding roll there, just in case there's any kind of warding type uh, giveaways that around here. Give me a perception roll, please, Ugnan. Uh, just a regular perception roll. You can see on either side of the lintel of the door, just above the arch, you can see what are clearly quite potent warding signs that are designed to keep something out. However, both warding signs are quite old and both are somewhat damaged. You suspect the wards are still effective, but very, very weak. Right, okay. Does he know enough about warding? Probably doesn't, that if he can make a connection between that and the skeletons animating, or wouldn't he know enough about that? Because he hasn't got any warding spells of his own. You've made the warding law roll, haven't you? So it, you would guess that these wards were not so much to keep skeletons out. The warding signs look ominous and threatening, 
and somewhat unpleasant. Looking at them, you get a vague feeling of dread and unease. The warding signs there were not marked to keep evil out. Far from it. Okay. Might be other something here, do you think, Nuggan? What's that crap you were looking at? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's, it's symbols uh, which are used in warding to ward out things, and it looks like it's some way of trying to keep people outside from coming in. And it looks quite, um, well, they look quite horrible to look at. I think some kind of evil magics or something, but they're quite weak, so they're, they're a bit old and uh, not broken, but they're, they're not as functional as they could be. So Cran removes this like massive index finger from his nostril and inspects it and then quite bored at like stuff about writing and then uh, says, uh, so evil stuff in here then, or is it like a bit confused? Are we trying to, is it trying to get out or trying to keep it in? Don't want us in, I don't think, lad. No, all right. Never stopped us. Very true. All right, stay close, everyone. And Cran will move over to that area and look down the steps. Okay. Uh, Cran, beyond the archway that goes over the door and uh, so it goes over the steps uh, you're staring into pitch blackness you can't see anything at all fortunately the rest of the party haven't moved and are being quiet you listen carefully and strain your ears nope no nope, you can't hear anything at all place could be deserted oh i can i whisper really black up here can you uh Bring the old torch up. Bring the light up. Yeah, come in. Look, it's, it's doing something to the lantern now. Fucking hate magic. Okay, the lantern spills out into the archway. Cran, you too notice that the lantern light isn't as good as it should be. And you can see that it's clearly struggling, almost as if hands are pushing on that ring of light, pushing it back on you. Right. With That's... the aid of the lantern light, you can see the steps leading down. They look like just regular stone steps. Um, give me another perception roll, please, Cran. As the others moved up, their boots scuffing on the worn surface of the stone, clearly something took advantage of that and scurried across the wall. Across the wall, not along the floor. There is something moving on the wall on the other side of the stone bench just to your left. And as the others walked up to you, it took advantage of their footfalls to scurry across the wall. Oh, yeah. So I'll try and point out the last place I heard a noise. Shine that light up there, Ruggan. There's something scurrying along the bloody wall. Yeah, I'll try and point the lantern as best he can. Okay, Ugnan holds the lantern up and it spills up, filling that upper part of the lobby way, Ugnan. Uh, Cran. You can't see anything up there at all. You can see the warding signs, which are vaguely disturbing. Even for somebody as unlearned as Cran, you can tell that they're, they're threatening in some way, Cran. They're not good. But there's nothing there. There are no creatures or beasts lurking up in the corner of the anteroom. The anteroom is empty and deserted. Oh, yeah. Numa, when you come this way, keep an eye up here and I'll point to where I heard the scuttering. There's there's something up there, I think. Can't see the right, lighter. Okay. Numa will close up and, and keep an eye on that corner. All right, okay then. Victoria, are you ready? To the steps. Not you. Fran, you edge up to the steps. You haven't crossed the lintel that the warding signs um, are on. 
The lantern creeps up next to you as well. Give me another perception roll as you strain to hear and see into the darkness. You can see that there is perhaps rubble right at the foot of the stairs as if there's been a partial collapse perhaps of ceiling but there's no light coming through and there are no obvious pillars. Whatever moved or you thought you heard move just to your left on the wall is silent, waiting for an opportunity perhaps to pounce, waiting for an opportunity to run away. Peering into the darkness as best you can, nothing seems to move, everything waits patiently. I don't know, am I going to get like, I don't know, bricks fall on my head or me nuts shot off if I go down these stairs? I don't know. Not know until you find out. Cherry, can your deck of cards tell us? He asks the deck what will happen if Cran goes through the archway. So she deals out the cards, looks at the cards and turns them over one at a time. There's the King of Swords, there's the Three of Cups, Four of Cups, there's the Lovers, there's the King of Stars. She looks at you, Cran, and kind of shrugs, and I don't think anything will happen. I, I think you'll be safe, but I don't really understand these cards very much, uh, very well. But I think you're safe if you go through. I don't think anything will happen. All right. Cran looks over his shoulder and says, I remember, Agni, remember, if someone like whips me fruits off and about five minutes later, he'll have yours as well, won't he? And he laughs, and then they've just walked down the steps. Cran, you step down the steps and uh, almost lose your footing on the rubble that's there. Ugnan, are you going to advance with the lantern? Yep, just behind Victoria once she goes. Victoria steps down as well, so does Ugnan. There's a slew of rubble right in front of the stairs. Glancing up, Cran, you can see that there was probably once a decorative gargoyle above and just behind you on the lintel of the doorway but it's crumbled onto the floor, bounced off the floor and shattered into rubble. Difficult to make out what this gargoyle or statue, statue once was, but you can see that it was fixed above the door, staring inwards. As you step in, Crane, you also get the feeling that this uh, complex, this temple that you've walked into, whatever it is, palace perhaps, is very large with a lot of open space. Ceiling is possibly, well, tens of feet above you. Very, very high indeed. And you get the sense that you've walked into a vast open chamber, which is not well lit at all. Oh, so you've anything you can do to get some more bloody light in there. This is fucking lethal. Could be like an army standing about 10 feet away. We wouldn't know about it. <laughs> it's happened. Silk has finally become possessed. Yeah, the Matrix has him. That's right. That's a spell of some description. So Silk casts her projected light. As you cast your spell, you feel, um, and as you begin to finish the final words of your, your incantation and hold your hand up to release the light, you feel a great pressure and resistance. And inside, you can hear voices trying to whisper over your spell to try and drown out the noise that you're making to try and stop you casting your spell. Beads of sweat form on your forehead 
And you concentrate very, very hard. As simple as a, a spell as this is, this is proving very, very difficult. And it's with some relief that you finally get your spell off. So you can see sort of 50 feet in front of you. Oh, cheers, Sue. See about there. Ugnan, were you casting yours as well? Once um, he saw Silt preparing it, he, he, he shut up and stopped doing it. Okay. You can see that Silk struggled to cast her spell, but she managed with um, a real force of will to get her spell off. So you've now got that 50 feet, which she can sort of shine around from where she is in sort of an arc around you. But the lantern's still struggling. The lantern is still struggling. Okay, in that case, he, he will cast, cast light then. Right, everyone keep an eye out for like eyes in the darkness. Okay, as Silk comes a little bit closer, you can make out what is clearly some sort of pedestal. You can dimly see that the one of the upper levels or one of the second, probably about the second step of the pedestal seems to be lined with vertical rods, vertical iron rods going from floor up into the darkness of the ceiling, almost as if they're forming the bars of a cage. Oh, I've got to go and explore that. Silk, uh, stay with Ugnan. <laughs> and then, uh, are you ready, Victor? Sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, sorry, Mrs. Victoria. And Fran will <laughs> jog across the space quite quickly as he's got light, wild sure. flashing shadows on the thing in front. Probably okay, in, uh, all right. Cran uh, jogs across, followed by Victoria, who hesitates slightly. Can the two of you give me perception rolls as you jog across that open lit area? Cran's either making some extremely really good or extremely bad perception rolls at the moment. <laughs> so as you jog across, you're, you can't help but be aware that you are totally exposed, out in the open, floodlit, as it were. Whatever hunts and lives in this dark area has now got you clearly in their sights. There is only one source of light in this massive chamber and you're in the centre of it. As you get across to what you guess is perhaps the centre of this huge chamber, given the nature of the temples and palaces and complexes that you've seen, you are, Cran, as you get closer, able to see, and as Victoria comes up, that there is a massive circular stone pedestal, probably about 40 feet across. There are a whole series of vertical iron rods. If you step up to there, Victoria steps up to there, you are barred from stepping up any further because of all of these vertical rods that bar your way. They're about uh, half a foot apart. So even if you turn sideways, you'll struggle to squeeze through. Ugnan, so you cast your light spell as well, and yours really struggles. So again, as you begin to finish the casting of your spell, it is almost as if there are other voices inside your head shouting and talking and babbling and trying to uh, drown out the noises that you must hear to get your spell off. It is with uh, an incredible strength and force of will that you're able to get your spell off at all but you too have got 50 foot of light. You can shine that up into the ceiling and all you can really tell is that the ceiling arches up above all of you 
possibly to a height of just be a, a, of well can you give me a perception roll please actually Ugnan? as you begin to span it up there is after a short while of moving your your um, magic light across the ceiling in an arc the ceiling eventually towards what you guess must be the center of the complex you can't touch the ceiling anymore a little bit of maths a little bit of intuition at its highest point you think the, the ceiling is perhaps 70 or 80 feet above you right okay but arching up above you okay so you can see these iron bars which are stopping you going any further cram but there's obviously something perhaps of value or something that needs uh fencing in barring in on the other side of these bars the rest of the parties you turn around have remained just by the steps leading down they haven't come any further yet uh i'm gonna get that light up up here so keep moving around just come across that open area fast and i would try and stick together this like some i don't know what do you reckon victoria some sort of cage here or something yeah something like that so uh silk you've begun to scurry across the floor similar to the other two you are acutely aware that you are now absolutely exposed in a well-lit area in what it would otherwise be a dark area you throw out your your light to try and illuminate as much as you can as you scurry across we see about that much as you come closer you can see a little bit more of the central area Standing on the other side of these iron bars, you can see what looks like a green agate idol, not life-size, triple life-size, in the shape of a quite youthful woman. But the agate has been cunningly carved to resemble flames. It looks as if this woman is on fire, but she doesn't seem distressed. In fact, she, there is a faint hint perhaps of a smile on her face, as if she knows something that you don't know. She has a secret and holds a secret close to her soul that if you are useful to her, if you prove worthy, she might share with you. Her flesh though, the bare flesh exposed on her arms and on a rather shapely thigh that protrudes from a slit robe are tinged with small flames cunningly carved into the agate. Well, she's a bundle of laughs. Ugnan, Silk, what do you make of this? Come on, everyone, keep, keep it together. Ugnan, you're, you're lack, slacking behind there. Silk, keep up. Uh, Cherry, you know when you had that uh, that uh, vision and you said about the, uh, the the stone, the Ashling stone, and you saw in your vision uh, steps near a high-vaulted room dominated by a huge statue. It wasn't that statue, was it? It was. She nods. Yep. Ooh. We are on to the Ashling Stone. Your memory, Agnes, that's bloody marvellous. Oh, and we explain. want that. Books are good, Yes. Man. So you're after the Ashling Stone and you're after the portal rods. Yeah, we want the stone first. Right. Stone first, rescue the woman. Patience. Yeah. Okay, so just we're just, for just a, a little word of, of warning. Just to remind you, uh, at the end of Cherry's vision, it, it was uh, she remembers that we come back from the underground chamber uh, with the stone, which is good, but there had been some kind of terrible battle and there was some injured and one of us was being carried. I think that means you, Agnan, because you are so self... <laughs> 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 
Crano tagged Victoria's arm and said, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> and then runs off into the darkness. <laughs> Fine. Okay, what do you want to do? Come on, Silk, come and have a look at this. Ugnan? I have okay. no idea what to make of this thing. I don't even know how to get in here, with what, whether it's important. Okay, Silk will, uh, sorry, Cherry will, and I'll call up a character to do this. Uh, there are steps on, going Silk. down somewhere. She looks at you quizzically and then say, uh, and then guesses that you probably want her to first of all check for traps, which she will do. As far as she can tell, there are no obvious mechanical traps on the iron or around the iron bars, but obviously she's not prodded or poked anything too uh, foolishly. She can't find any traps, but she does point out that there is not far from where Cran is standing. There looks to be a small, quite regular, or rather irregular marked piece of, of stone. And as you look carefully, you can see it's quite worn and scraped. And Cherry said, as with her perception roll, uh, looks like people maybe placed coins on that for some reason. Cran will start rooting through his pockets for some coins. Too late. Silk already flips one. <laughs> Silk, you toss a coin. What coin do you put on the uh, on that stone? Oh, she's a spendthrift, so it'll be a couple of gold pieces. A couple of gold pieces, okay. So you pop a couple of gold pieces onto the stone. They land on the stone with a cold metallic clink, which echoes throughout the entire vast chamber. The coins sit on the stone for a while, and then the stone sinks slightly and slides underneath one of the inner rings and then rises up to appear just by the foot of the statue and then sinks again out of sight. As you watch and listen, whether it's the same stone, but you suspect another piece of stone takes its place. Exactly where the coins went, no idea. I've nicked your Cherry. money, Silk. Cherry, you owe me two gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll basically do, not to strobe everybody, but I say, hang on, guys. And I'll just walk around the whole base with the flashlight effect, and I'll, I'll basically go and swing it around okay. just to get All a right. better lay of the land. Uh, I'll say, don't go on your own, Silk. And uh, Victor, you stay, or you go with her, I'll stay with these guys. Oh, I'll be good. No, I trust you. I don't trust the thing with tentacles in the ceiling. Oh, good answer. Okay. So whatever else is in this area is hidden against the walls. Right. Can you stop there? So Cherry, uh, Silk and Victor, you get just to the other side of the party. Um, you are about, well, a good sprint away from them. But as you almost go out of sight, remember you've got these bars which are only about a foot apart. Because of the angle and because of the distance between you, you are now out of sight of the other party. Can you both give me perception rolls, please? As you walk around quietly, shining your light into the darkened edges of this huge chamber. Victoria, if there's anything here, it's waiting for its moment to pounce on you. You are now out of sight of Cran and his huge enchanted uh, two-handed sword. Also Numel's blade 
and cherry as well. If something jumps you now, you're out of sight of the others. You better get ready to make a noise. Cherry, sorry, silk. As you walk round again, think. Something took advantage of Victoria's iron-shod military-style boots. Your delicate slippers aren't making any noise as they whisk across the uh, faded and cracked sandstone flooring. But Victoria's boots are making a distinct crunching noise. And as they follow behind you, you could hear just over the top something scurrying along the ceiling above you. Shining mm, can I hear up. that? By any... No, you're too far away. Okay. Shining your light up, uh, Silk, there might have been something moving. Certainly the light changed, almost as if something moved and cast a shadow, but you're not sure. Oh, the wow. rest of you, standing on the other side of the statue, the other two have now gone out of sight, and all of a sudden, Silk's lantern flickers up to the ceiling. You've seen it bob along the floor and the wall, and they suddenly go out of sight, and then the lantern flicks up to the ceiling, and they've stopped moving. Uh, right, everyone, let's move around and get to where Silk is, and I'll just speak in a louder voice. Silk, Victoria, stay where you are. We're catching you up. And I'll say, uh, Numo, lead the way with Cherry. I'm going to go in the middle. I'll bring up the rear and I'll kind of look behind. Okay. I can kind of shine your torch Numo behind us. Be... And Cherry goes around. It's like herding cats, this party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Silk and Victoria, what are you doing? Are you waiting to see what that thing is in the shadows? Or do you want to move? Yeah, I'll pay special attention myself uh, with the light on the, on the ceiling up to 50. Okay, give me a perception roll then, please. At the height of the ceiling, your lantern, sorry, your, your enchanted light won't hit the apex oh. of the ceiling. But gotcha. shining it up and peering and then moving it around, where it touches the ceiling, you can see bare ceiling. When it gets up into effectively the void, there could well be something there. But if there is, it's waiting very, very patiently to drop on you. Mm -hmm. After a while, you can see Cherry and Numal close in on you from the other sides of this enormous plinth. Until in the end, you all stand together on the far side. So I'll poke Victoria and explain what we saw, what we think. Yeah. Okay. What do you reckon? Should I, should I just draw this bloody sword? That'll, that'll put the right willies up, whatever's up there. That's not a bad idea, but maybe we should prepare something. Uh... If we've got to use our magics, yeah, well, that and hang on, then there might be something worse down below where we're going to get carried out. Maybe see, yeah, all right. Then. So he, he takes his axe and shield out, grips it tightly. So Kren says, All right, um, when I draw this sword, any demon thing within 200 feet of us, actually, I don't want to bloody tell it, I'm gonna just draw the sword. <laughs> <laughs> so you're drawing, so uh, uh, shield breaker, yeah. So you draw out shield breaker. And almost disappointing, there's a slight flare as it comes in, comes to life, I suppose. And now sheathed, you get that comforting heartbeat sound. Thump, 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 thump. But it doesn't seem to be beating that quickly. Perhaps it too, like the lantern and like the spells, is struggling. Doesn't seem to be alerting you to any near danger. That's annoying. Anything within 250 feet 
is stunned unless it resists against 20th level magic. So I just hoped that that's what I wanted to use it for. If I stun something up on the ceiling, it might fall off and then, and then it would be within range. You draw the sword and there's no sort of telltale flash of light or bolt of um, divine retribution, bolts of divine retribution flying off to attack creatures of darkness. Cranor would like shake it, look at the sword and then like get down on his haunches and bang the pommel on the floor and like shake it again. What the fuck's going on with this? Okay. Let's uh, just keep happens. exploring what we've got here and just keep wary from above. You never know. I mean, if it, the coin's gold doesn't work, maybe some coins around here might work. Yeah, idea. Did we get coins from that um, of Rama's pack? Well, I did pick it up, but then you said it might be cursed, so I dropped them like a rock. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was smart. I, 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 that was smart to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be some way in there. Mm. I think. Shall I, shall I, uh, I'll grab um, Betty out of his backpack, and then I'll like. I'll look at the bars. Is it possible, to, or do I think, to get some leverage on the bars to bend it with the... With the oh, so you to kind of insert... Um, to insert better between the bars and sort of lean against them, bend one out and bend one in, you mean? Yeah. As soon as I see... Um, so as soon as I can see Betty come out, he's going to prepare a sudden light. Yeah, you can... Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, the iron bars themselves are no more than about a finger width in thickness. And Betty has dealt with far more um, more difficult tasks than this. Yeah, brute force might be able to allow you to force your way in. Right, just keep keep a lookout. Anything can happen here, and I'll put my shoulder to it and see if I can bend the bars. Okay. So, Cran, you step up and then step up again up to the bars, gingerly insert the bars, and then with uh, inserting one and then the other with an almighty heave, you push. As you do so, you hear a a strangely deep and seductive voice emanate from the statue. And the voice says, offend not, Oregana. And there's a tremendous flash, a telltale burst of heat, which gives some of you a warning. And then a fireball detonates from the centre of the statue, almost filling the area that you stand in. Um, you hear a clang as Cran drops, the, drops Betty like a hot potato as he dies for cover. And that's where we're going to leave this part of the session. Looks like we finally found one of the artifacts. Well, at least the location of the artifacts. Thanks very much for watching, listening, subscribing, following, all that kind of rubbish. Thank you very, very much. Until next time, cheers. Bye-bye.